Yay. <laughs> we're back, everybody. Yay, welcome back, Norma. You were saving the gorilla last time we recorded podcasts. I was saving not just one gorilla, but many gorillas, yes, uh, through the Bronx Zoo um, Run for the Wild 5K, where I ran approximately a third of it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you didn't cross the finish line. I did. I did cross the finish line in uh, 54 minutes and okay. two seconds. Record record time. Record time for me as I've never <laughs> tried to go that far dis- the distance. Um, yeah. I did miss you all dearly yeah. um, in the last episode, but I was not, no matter what Maria Isabel tells you, don't trust her. She's a liar and a thief, and I <laughs> was not on your I know at the time. Personally. Yes. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah. Well, I feel like I haven't seen you in a long time. Because we've been seeing each other, like, every day for two weeks. Every day. And now it's, like, three days have gone by since I last saw you, and... It's uh, felt, like, worlds apart. Yeah. It didn't feel right. Yeah. Even, like, texting yesterday, I was feeling, like, the romance that we once had. Yeah. The reconnection. The excitement. Okay. The enjoyment. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what to say to that. I'm sorry. Um, I shouldn't have left my feelings so clear to me. Maybe another time. Okay. (laughs) Well, we're not recording. Um, So that is a good segue, maybe. Oh, 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 I get it. Because, like, my love for you, Mm -hmm. relating to the love that is involved in these two shows that we're discussing. Or you could say, you could tell, you know, your significant other that uh, to end it and tell me that it should have been me. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Hey, we actually should. I'm brilliant. Spoiler alert, guys. Oh yeah, spoiler the fuck alert. Okay, because imagine. Oh yes. Okay. Let's take a step back. Are we talking about it should have been you? Now? I think we should do okay. it. I think we should do it. <laughs> uh, I meant like with the spoilers. Unless yeah, we got we're dude. Okay, guys, 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 guys. There's a there's a there's a twist. And yes. It should have been you. It's a highly publicized twist. And it is shocking. I will tell you this. It is shocking. Yeah. But if you do not want to be spoiled, you stop, pause this episode, watch our backlist, or go to our website at lettersfromthemezzanine.com or our Facebook or our Twitter page and enjoy yourself through those modes of entertainment. Yes. Then come back. The reviews that are up there tend to not be spoilery. And spoiler alert to the not the spoilers, I will not be spoiling the spoiler in my review. That will be posted maybe before this episode. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with the timelines. <laughs> yeah, we don't. But in this podcast, we're spoiling it. Yeah. Although, you know, okay, so time now. Uh, although, I feel like the spoiler is the only thing really, like, worthwhile, like, remotely interesting about this play. Yes. So, like, let's talk about the plot without the spoiler, right? It's basically... A wedding, and I feel like if I were to explain the wedding to everyone, it would just sound like every other movie wedding you've ever seen. Like, there's all the wedding cliches you have, like the crossing of religions, or you have a Jewish Catholic wedding. You have I've never heard of this before in my life. Really? I feel like I've seen I'm kidding, I've seen it like a million, I've seen so many reiterations of these words. It's awkward, and guys, I'm gonna bring race into this. If you don't already know this about me, I bring race into this everything. And the thing that cracks me up race Race card. Race card. We should, like, have a segment where, like, we have, like, a sound clip where it's, like, race card, I'm gonna throw it in. (laughs) But, like, seriously, guys, it's, it's this weird thing where I know there are cultural differences between Jewish people and Catholic people People. I grew up in Riverdale in the Bronx. If you know, you know. So I know what that is. 
that mm-hmm. those, you know, those tensions can be there. But it's just, I think it's funny when, like, in general, white people have to create these quote-unquote cultural differences that are going to really uh. shake things up. And it's, like, Jews and Gentiles or, like, Irish yeah. people and Italian people yeah. or, like, you know, um, waspy people and Italians. It's, like... Oh, okay. Yeah. Then you throw in a black person. That's when you're really going to shake things up. <laughs> like, to me, personally. But, okay, well, fine. We'll go with it. Actually, now that you mention it, I, like, I'm taking a class right now at Hunter College. And my professor, one of the things <laughs> Shout out. my professor does, instead of talking about the books, is talk about his personal life. And he, like, went to a funeral recently, and he told us that basically, like, old Jewish women and old Catholic women are exactly the same if you don't count the Jesus factor. Everything else is, and and it's true. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it. I think Catholic guilt and Jewish guilt are very <coughs> both very guilty. Um, but yeah, I mean, okay. Like, anyway, moving on. So moving yeah, forward. so there's a Jewish Catholic uh, problem. There is a sister who's always well, a bridesmaid. Well, it's not necessarily never, Catholic. Just yeah, you're correction. right. You're right. Christian, um, there's the sister who's always a bridesmaid, never a bride, and she's kind of like fed up with seeing her sister, her beautiful younger sister, I think, um, excel where she doesn't. Um, you have like the overbearing mother-in-laws, mothers-in-law, mothers-in-law, um, and then you have like the all-knowing wedding planner who is like Martin Short in uh, what's it called, uh, Father of the Bride. Oh, and like oh. I don't know, but not not so clumsy as Martin Short because Martin Short's amazing. But uh, but yeah, like all of this is just rehashed material that we've all seen before, and. And I'd be okay with that, and I I was kind of, like, waiting for something to happen. I'd be okay with all of those cliches and stuff if it were subverted, you know? Like, if if there were a twist that would, like, change everything on its head. Um, And there is a twist, but it doesn't do that much for the play, or, like, it, it doesn't change things. It's still, like, a cliche wedding. It's still this kind of, like hashed out thing. I don't know. Well, Go ahead. I think there's a lot of undeveloped aspects that we have going on here. Um, cause every story is a rehash of another story in some way or form. Um, I think there's just a lot of stuff that is on the generic side. So we mm. have this, these underdeveloped characters who are just faces <clears throat> and names, um, that aren't very, they aren't very well developed. You have, yeah. for one good example of this is, um, the, the father of the groom oh, God. Um, has this huge, has this, it's this one big number basically where he's, um, has to dance and dances with his son and makes his son dance with him in order to, for them like to connect as father and son. And it tells you nothing except that the father wants to dance and right. it never gets explored ever again. Really? Yes. Uh, so it's just like you never get any setup for this guy. Be like, why does he want to dance? It's this awkward little moment in the show where it's like, why are we dancing? And like, yeah, and, and it's not even going <clears throat> further to be like absurd, right? And could have been easily cut. Um, I think a lot without... of these. <laughs> right. numbers. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm trying to remember the review. I will probably link to it later. But I read a review where it was just saying how. Like, everything feels so anonymous. And you touched on it after the show, too. Like, like these songs could have belonged to, like, any character or, like, anybody off the street. And you're not getting any sense of depth or perspective or anything from anybody. No. No. It's... it's 
it, it's it's kind of a shame, honestly. I especially the reason why I say it's kind of a shame is that the main character Jenny is played by Lisa Howard, and she's fucking fantastic. But unfortunately, not unfortunately about her character, but you know, her character is a plus size woman, and there's all these issues with like her mother, Tyne Daly goddess um just like overbearing on her and saying oh you'd be so beautiful if you lost the weight and now your sister's getting married and right. you know put like the dress over, down you're not gonna fit into that like dress overly cruel like, overly cruel like out of her way to be cruel and like yes there are mothers out there who are like that <laughs> um not ours i think no <laughs> but um but i mean i mean i'm not I'm saying that speaking for myself <laughs> well i mean there's been moments but there's just there's just a lot yeah. of there's a lot of that going on, and I just, it, I got kind of excited when the show started with her, because I was like, oh my god, wait, 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 a plus size girl, written into the show right. that she's plus size, so when they go do the national tour of it, they're not going to, like, replace her with, like, a thin girl. Uh-huh. No offense to people who do that, but, right. you know, like, that can be frustrating. Yeah. Um, but um, Like, that, that casting in and of itself is, like, more revolutionary or more like important than the play <laughs> yeah unfortunately which yeah. makes me really sad because like i would love to see uh more uh plus size heroines that aren't tracy and hairspray sorry tracy but you're annoying tracy. what um so what? that's another that's uh, another yeah, that's podcast another. that's another <laughs> podcast but uh, th- so that's that's what makes me sad that she's undeveloped you know her first song is i never wanted this saying that she never wanted writing and you know she's lying you know that she's like your typical like you know yeah not body standard girl who like is saying that she doesn't want to get married because right. at the very end she says i actually wanted this and you're like no shit of course and, you the, and of course like she gets her happy ending and all she you does know, it's, which is like, nice yeah I, what did you cute. think about the way that they handled the fat issue um so i mean i guess that's one of the best things that they did with it because it was like it was pretty surface but you know they kind of covered all the spots that she's um jenny's happy the way with She's happy the way that she looks. She's that that's who she is, but that she feels uncomfortable being constantly compared to her sister and being feeling that she's not the perfect one and feeling mm-hmm. especially since she's the older sister, that burden of that she's kind of like almost useless. And then she has a wedding to plan and yeah. Yeah, and and you know, her best friend who actually turns out who later becomes her husband. Huh? Um and uh, what? what? And <laughs> that doesn't <clears throat> That, that she didn't realize that he found her attractive and mm-hmm. that that all it all like it worked was, for me. It was nice, but it was like but it, predictable, I guess. Oh, it was very and, like, predictable. really like lots of plot holes there oh, too. Like uh, like wait, what? Like, what? There was nothing hinted at this in the rest of the show, I felt. Oh, like, you mean between the, her and the ex boyfriend. And the ex boyfriend? Uh, more more Marty. Marty. Marty, yeah, yeah, Marty. So let's go back. So Marty, <laughs> Marty goes in on a scooter, which was like the one thing that I liked. He entered in on like yeah. on a basic like razor, which I thought added to his basicness in a specific way, <laughs> which is cute because there wasn't a lot of specificity in the show to begin with. Yeah. So he's going to stop the wedding, and you think that it's because he's a jilted ex who wants to like you know stop things. But the reason why is drum roll. Are we gonna spoil it? Here's yes. a big surprise. Go ahead. Shh. Oh, I'll go. Okay. Well, well I'm sorry. So, <laughs> oh, we're so, so bad at surprises. So bad at surprises. So Sierra Bagas and David Bricka, they're the bride and groom. They're about, they get married. They go in the back. 
Then it's um, the maid of honor and the best man. They go and they offer their congratulations to each other, and then they switch places so that Montego Glover is next to Sierra and <gasps> groom and best man next to each other, and then they start making out, and you're like, what? Yeah. So basically, after the wedding, uh, the bride makes out with the maid of honor and the groom makes out with his best man, and you find out that the whole wedding has been employed to basically cover up the fact that they're gay and Slash. also reap the benefits of each other's uh, I, uh, economic uh, stability. I yeah, guess. Brian, Brian David Burke's character, apparently he has an inheritance from his grandfather mm-hmm. that if he, he'll get the inheritance if he marries straight style. So if mm-hmm. he gets that, he wants to get that sweet cash. And it, that's another thing. That's another plot problem that I just realized. Why does it need to be that number one? Sarah Boggess is in the closet, and she's, like, feels really scared of coming out mm-hmm. and feels comfortable just marrying into a straight wedding slash an inheritance. It's, like... <clears throat> well, then she's saying that she she's pregnant and that she would... Oh! She oh, yeah. Would, yeah. And the pregnancy, guys. Yeah. It was... Uh-huh. Uh, all right. So yeah, so I don't we want to shake our head. So, I don't even want to talk. About it. Um, let's, let's, let's just let's just let's just let's just tell people now. So yeah, then it turns out that at one point, um, Rebecca, that Sierra's character, is the bride. She had she was questioning her sexuality because she'd always been interested in women, but she never slept with a guy. And so Brian's like, "Well, I'll sleep with you, even though this is a sham fake wedding." And through that one night of copulation, she got pregnant. Dun dun. dun. I roll. Yeah. And and it's just so uh, I don't know. Like nothing is explored, or I don't like. There's no real. All the feelings that are explored are like the ones that you would assume would be in a wedding. Like there's nothing like fear and yeah, but there's nothing remotely like specific about it. And there's um, and. Yeah, like the the way that they revealed the plot twist was pretty excellent. That I was think. great. Like, that, that was a, that was some great staging right there. Yeah, that that whole number like you think it's just another like fun little cute number, but um, but then like something like I almost didn't realize it was happening. Like the whole makeout session was happening. Yeah, I think I was looking somewhere else. I was looking at like the mom and dad or something. Maybe and then, because you were probably expecting this whole <laughs> wedding thing to just be wedding. Wedding, 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 yeah. wedding. Um, yeah, but um, let's talk about the set because oh, I was hoping you were gonna say that. <laughs> because I'm really I'm I think, obsessed with the set. Okay, and how bad it is. Yeah, and okay. and, and, and I'm really and my sense. apologies to the set designer. I looked up who it. Is. Her name is Louisa. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Anna Louisos. And uh-huh. she designed freaking In the Heights set. What? She designed freaking Avenue Q. What? Okay, like so, you're, so she's like, responsible for Usnavi's. Yes. For, for that beautiful like, skyline and of the, the GWB. And like every single freaking bag of nachos on that grocery stand. And, and, the, and the grate, the beautiful grate that eventually has that mural. Spoilers for In the Heights if you managed, haven't managed to see it at all, guys. And you missed the boat. If you missed the boat. <laughs> It won the best musical of 2008, and it's about to be, like, half a decade, but whatever. <laughs> but if you, well, like, the beautiful, like, great, like, oh, oh, Claudia. oh, my God. Okay, okay. So, I had a feeling it wasn't about, oh, Anna Garcia. 
Anna Emgers. No, that's the stage manager. I'm sorry, guys. Anna Louise. Which is pretty cool. Because she has the name, same name as the lead character, Roman Have Curse. But that's another another <laughs> side note. But I had a feeling, I had a feeling that I didn't have anything to do with the designer um, specifically. I had a feeling it was just about the whole mess that is the production um, in general. Uh, there was something, again, we're talking about the lack of specificity. Oh, she's also responsible for the beautiful set of Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah. Which was kick ass. So I'm just not sure, like, what happened. What happened here? Because, okay, so, all right, this is a farce play, right? So it's a, it's kind of, like, in the tradition of farce. Right. Where it's, like, people, you know, having affairs with one another, opening and closing doors. Finding like, secrets. Like, hiding, hiding behind, behind furniture. Yeah. And, like, all sorts of, like, little cute things. None of that gets utilized In the set. You think there would be, like, door slamming, like, Looney uh, Tunes style? And it's so, like... Basic again, like any hotel, it could be any hotel anywhere, <laughs> um, and specifically any hotel that was made between the years 1970 to like 1998. I'm telling you guys, this is like <laughs> this result. This hotel, I keep, I keep saying it looks like this specific specific hotel. If you guys have seen the the children's film from the 90s called Dunstan Checks In with Jason Alexander as an irate hotel manager because his son has sneaked in an orangutan. Uh-huh. I had to give all that setup because a hotel mm. is like a 90s hotel and it looks like blah and whatever. And I was like, and I, I, I looked at the trailer because I told Sarah, she's like, I've never heard this movie before. And then I looked at the trailer for the thing and I'm like, oh my God, that does look like the set. It looks just like this old... It did look like... <laughs> it looks exactly like it. It's like this beige... Yeah, like basic ironwork and like... Like Georgian light. Semblance, semblance of like stonework, but really like, I, I don't know. And so... Yeah, it's not interesting at all, and it stays there. It reminded the me of an old catering job time. that I had like at a it, wedding place. It would have been an okay set, or like a good set for a scene in a hotel, or like you know, of course, like stripped down, like it wouldn't be as yeah big, grand. But like the basic first floor would have been great for a scene but or two. But you're looking at it for a yeah, you're good hour for, plus. Uh, yeah, and. Even, like, the bathroom scene, the bathrooms come out of the walls in this really, like, cheap way. Like, um, the the nail, like, you're supposed to believe, like, oh, the nail salon is in the hallway. And oh, the, yeah, the nail the salon. It's, like, they're all awkwardly arranged in five. Like, the chapels down there. You don't even get to see the chapel. Like, I don't know. It's a, and Or, like, even the party. Like, it's a freaking wedding reception. Why aren't there, like, decorations? I don't oh, know. Oh, good so point. It's so confusing. It just so, it doesn't look good. <laughs> and and there was a... I mean, I'd rather even be in, like, the sweet life of Zach and Cody Hotel. There's just a lot of other <laughs> hotels. A two-star hotel in Atlantic City. I'm telling you guys. This is, was not... This was not a place that I think that... Actually, the type of hotel that these people seem to be well off... Uh-huh. The bride's family yeah. and the groom's family. They seem to be well off that they would probably pick something that looked better. <laughs> Do you know, to suit their yeah. budget. A little more contemporary. A little bit more contemporary, a little bit nicer. I don't know. And then to, to the dated nature of the hotel, but also the, the strange quality of the music. Okay. Uh, the, the music. Yes. Is this the one that you were saying the orchestrations were? Yeah. Oh, is that a different one? Yeah, yeah. This is the one. The arrangements, the music itself was just inoffensive and... 
and not particularly memorable, which is okay, because there's some musicals where you're not in it for the music, you're in it more for other things, and I think this could have been a show where the comedy would have been the selling point rather right. than the music, Right. so I'm not even going to fault it. And it's like tired, again, like comedy was tired jokes that I've heard like ten times before, and people and around here are laughing. And like, racist no. joke, too. That came out of nowhere. It was something comparing something. Oh, okay. It was a fine joke, but it just came out of nowhere and was strange because um, Lisa Howard was doing all these like vocal runs and all those um, kind of singing, and then she's oh. like, and then and then I think Tyne Daly's like, oh, why are you singing like a like oh. a big black woman? Um. And <laughs> and it was funny, but I guess because the show hasn't earned its comedic stripes, yeah, it wasn't. It didn't work. Yeah. You're I right. think I think I would have preferred. It was more jarring than like shocking. It was just like where what like you, like, like if I I, don't know, I like, just I don't think yeah. the I think the joke was good. I just don't think the show earned the joke. Um, mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. and then there was also, but yeah, the the style, the arrangement of the music, and just the music itself. There was just these strange choices that made it sound like it was from. A PBS educational show from the seventies and eighties. There was these, <laughs> like there was these strange, song. like yeah, there was like these like our like our theme song guys, like our theme song. There was these strange little flute things that were happening in the background, and mm. like I said, I can't really remember everything because I really don't remember the music anymore. Um, but mm. but it was just it was it was odd. Yeah, and it's such a shame because there's like. Like okay, I lo- I freaking love David Hyde Pierce. He's so he's yeah. such a sweetheart. I've yeah. stage to- I've stage doored him several for, times. Now. For <laughs> um, Chaperone? For, no, for Spamalot. He was oh. in that. And and he seems like such a sweetheart. I talked to him. <laughs> I did. I was like <laughs> cuz in Spamalot there was like a fiddler on the roof number and I was like, "Oh my god, I just I had just seen Fiddler on the Roof like a week ago." And uh well, at the time a week ago. And um and I like told him that and he was like, "Oh yeah, it was great, wasn't it? Like I love that number." And I'm like, "Yay." And um and yeah, like he seems like such a good guy and and sm- like he's obviously performed in in a lot of great great things and is a wonderful actor. And I would look like, forward. Like Tyne Daly is amazing. Uh, Sierra Bogus. I love seeing her make sexy faces at the Phantom. Oh uh, yeah. Um, all the time. Good I would times. do it every time. Uh, uh, Harriet Glover. Har- yeah, go ahead. Oh no no no! Go ahead. You go first. Harriet Harris. Who Holy is the crap! Other mother-in-law. She was hilarious. She's great. She was disgustingly good. And yeah, and then there's Montego Glover, who whose only number is a number that she and the best man have created to, you know, salute the oh, bride and groom. It was like their best man slash maid of honor speech was through this song. And it was, yeah, yeah a joking number to make fun of, like, 90s yeah. pop ballad stuff. And this is the only thing that we get to see Montego Glover do. Uh-huh. What it's else like has she been in? Memphis. Okay. Yeah. 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 She was nominated even that, for even, Tony even for that. that number was like, look at us, we're, like, cool. We're not cool, but just, like... like the, or the kooky maid of honor yeah. slash best man. No, well, I mean the show, like trying to say, like, oh look, we're we're well, we're jazzing it up a little bit, but it's like really, it's like, no, you're not. Like no. this is this is if you've been to a wedding, this is what, what happened. Can happen. <laughs> what if and you're? And it's not a good thing a lot of times. No, yeah. Like, well, I don't even want to sidebar off wedding, real life wedding talk because. <laughs> We could be here all afternoon. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was just, it was okay. just, it was, do we have any other thoughts? I don't know. Just, I Basically, I'm just really sad. I'm just really sad yeah. that this had to be David Hyde Pierce's directorial debut, 
um, I'm sure he wouldn't be out of place doing, like, um, uh, a coward play or mm. a Shaw play or something original in that realm mm-hmm. um, or something. <laughs> Frasier the musical, anything but this. I just really, <laughs> I just feel really bad. Yeah. And I also, I don't know, I just would have, I would have, I'm, spoiler alert guys, I've never seen Time Daily before on the stage. This was my first Time Daily experience, and I'm looking forward to pretend that this wasn't my first experience and see her in other things. So, <laughs> um, it's, it's just a shame. Why was that a spoiler alert? Uh, well, I just, I don't know why it was a spoiler alert, because feel, sometimes I, like, feel like, because I haven't seen everything that's ever premiered since Broadway was invented, it's like, you've never seen Time Daily in Masterclass? No. I was in college. I didn't have money to see Masterclass. I'm sorry. You still I'm don't so have sorry. money to see that. I still have money to see. I still don't. But, uh, but yeah, I, that 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 this was this was not something that I wanted to uh, not enjoy. I was really hoping, based on the caliber of everyone involved, for it to be. I was looking forward to a delightful evening. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, you know, I'm sad. And the, to be fair, just one more note about it. I think it has a good life elsewhere. I think it has a good life regionally smaller theaters around the country, touring, etc. I think it has a good life there. The audience that saw it, I heard a lot of laughter. I heard a lot of great responses. So I'm sure for... for a, Except for that one guy who yelled oh. boo. <laughs> Remember that guy? There's some guy out there who yelled boo during the applause. Yeah, he did. He was, he was very belligerent. He was like... <laughs> it, was a, it was the final curtain call, and everybody's going, woo, and he's like, boo, boo. And his wife, is, his wife is just pulling him away. Uh, so, <laughs> so I think I think it's I think it's I think it's entertaining. It's not the worst thing ever. It's just with I got I got my hopes severely built up based on the creative team. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, now we can talk well, speak well about another play, comedy, musical. No, not musical. Not musical. With play music. with music. Play with music. It's called uh, Living on Love, and it's basically a vehicle for Renee Fleming, who is, like, the maddest, crazy... Like, she is probably the opera star today. today. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, opera queen. Um, She is fantastic. Um, And the play is about um, a couple, a conductor and an opera star. They're they're affectionately known as the maestro and the diva, and they are uh, the maestro is writing a memoir and he hires a ghostwriter uh, to help him write it. And Jerry O'Connell. That's played by Jerry O'Connell, and um, and the diva gets jealous pretty quickly and hires her own ghostwriter. Well, it turns out to be Jerry O'Connell. Well, yeah. So she fires Jerry O'Connell. She hires Jerry O'Connell, and then the maestro hires. Anna Klumsky, uh to help more, and so it's just kind of like a power play, and their marriage is on the rocks, and uh, and they're just trying to outdo each other, and they're both these like grand, crazy, uh, artistic, creative people who um, aren't easy to work with. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and so it's pretty, pretty just light, fl- like really lighthearted, really fun. Um, crazy antics and uh i think based on the, the the funny thing about it is that even though it's lighthearted fun uh just to backtrack it should when you didn't have these well-developed characters at all in these relationships mm-hmm. and the reason why the humor one of the reasons why the comedy here is so fantastic is that every character 
is well developed with their own sense of wants, needs, mm-hmm. fears. Yeah, like acting one on one. Are we talking? Like, yeah, we're talking playwriting one on one. Playwriting one on one. I mean, <laughs> acting one on one too, because then, like, as a result, the actors all had like a lot of material to work on, and I don't mm. even think they had to work too hard to be as amazing as they were. Honestly, there was because the script was so so well done. Um, you, you got you got the aging opera star who's Maria Callas is stealing, stealing her thunder, and you have the aging maestro who is Douglas Sills, who is fucking amazing. Oh my god, new Broadway I've, crush, guys! So ding ding I've ding ding ding. <laughs> he is he's like Danny Burstein 2.0 in a way. Like yeah, but he <laughs> looks just like Steve Martin. Yes. So and I can't focus at one point. And he what he plays a dentist in a in a little shop of horrors that I saw like ten years ago. I uh, yeah, it was like the period of my life where I saw Little Shop of Horrors one night and then the following night I saw the boy from Oz and <laughs> that Oh was my great. god. But um yeah, that was that's how I finally remember like fifth grade or sixth grade or whatever that was. But um hormones. Yeah, everywhere. it had like Hunter Foster I think was um with Seymour. Oh my God. That- yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, and he was in that, and, and I remember, like, looking him up <laughs> 10 years ago and being like, who the fuck is this guy? And he was also in Scarlet Pimpernel, which I never saw in person, but I've heard, I've, I've read the book and I listened to a few songs, um, and, and I had, like, hold your head even higher and into the fire, we got, like, the whole night I had it stuck in my head. Anyway, Douglas Sills, awesome sauce, uh, maple syrup. Maple syrup, okay, so <laughs> we're gonna talk about that scene, because it was amazing. He... Anna Klumski comes over. It's like, oh, there's a lady. And he's like, oh, there's a lady. Oh. And he's getting ready to, for him to see her. So he has this, whenever he's just, just woken up or just hanging out in the house, his hair is all, like, askew, all, like, Albert Einstein <coughs> status. Yeah. And so whenever, you know, he's dressed up, it's all gelled back. So he, like, runs to get, I think first he tries to put spit, and that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. And then he grabs the maple syrup mm-hmm. and then puts that to slick his hair back. Yeah. And it was, and then he wipes it off on it. Just the specificity of all the action. Then he has to wipe the syrup off on the napkin because that doesn't work. And then later, Anna Klumski like leans back and's like, "I smell yeah. maple syrup." Yeah. Well, he's trying to woo her, and and he's like, "Oh, imagine you're in somewhere really <laughs> exotic and beautiful." And she's like, "Vermont." And he's like, "What?" And yeah. And everybody starts laughing, and she's like, "I smell maple syrup." And he's just like, "Ah, oh, forget it, forget it." Yeah. He's just so. It was just. He was sublime, and his mm-hmm. Italian accent, it was just... It's it was probably racist, but still great. It's just hilarious, <laughs> because he doesn't, like, I wouldn't, he doesn't look Italian to me. Maybe it's because of no. whole likeness to Steve Martin, so I'm just looking, like, you're not Italian. Like, it was, like, if this was another show where at the end he's like, oh, I'm from Newark, like, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but it was, it was, it was... He, he apparently saved a woman from choking the other day. I heard no, about that. <laughs> Saver of lives. The end. Um, so yeah, are we? Are we? Do we see a Tony nom here? Oh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I would like to say yes, but we haven't if, seen all the plays yet. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not as well versed in plays as I should be. Oh. Oh. If there were a different, if there were a separate category for comedy and drama, then maybe. Oh then yeah, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but your your day will come. Your your day will come. Oh my um, god, I'm tracking you. That was uh, and, and that was great. Jerry O'Connell is also like he's great. Yeah, he's like made for theater. I think he like 
should do. I, he has been doing. I you saw American Hero. I did. Right? I did. And, and he was. I saw him in seminar on Broadway. Yes. Oh. And he was also pretty good. He wasn't like as much of a big role as here. But same thing in American Hero. Um, he was he was fine in American Hero. Uh, but this but he was amazing in this show, and I think it's because it was the part for him to really show off his skills. Yeah. He, and he's, he's made for far. Like, he's, like, kind of hot, but not, like, I'd still, funny. still would bang. Still like, would bang. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Rebecca Romaine is so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. She <laughs> also looks like Rebecca Romaine and was married to, to the Stamos. I just, uh, I would love to. Well. Let's not go there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm but sorry, yeah, guys. like, again, comparing it to um, It Should Have Been You, like, the set here oh. was gorgeous. Gorgeous. And it was just, guys, it was just a... It was just a... Just a living room. Just like, a living room in a fancy Manhattan townhouse. Yeah. Uh, like, snow globes all on the yeah. house right side. And, yeah, it was great. And um, I like how cluttered it was. It was mm. small without being... Like, it was... Like, the actors were able to move in it almost seamlessly like I didn't notice it but it was also had a sense of being small and intimate mm-hmm. like a living room yeah it was just it was but they still had all this shit there like it had like a little dining room area it had a little typing area it had a couch it had uh, a piano nook yeah no yeah I I agree it was great um the da, da, da. oh and then there is kind of like a spoiler alert I guess whatever yeah. uh, <laughs> there is like again like a gay twist yeah, on. yeah, um, the, the, the butlers. Um, which, like, works so much better here because it's not, like, okay, and it, and it should have been you. It feels like a, a shtick. Like, it feels like something, like, just to bring audiences to the theater. And it's, a, like, it's a marketing point. Know. Yeah, but here it was, like, so much more genuine and relevant to the plot. So you basically find, so the Maestro and the Diva have uh, uh, two butlers, and they Bruce come and in. Eric, played yeah. by Blake Hammond and Scott Robertson. Yeah, Blake Hammond, who was in First Date, and he was great in that Aww. too. Um, he so yeah, they come in and out of the show, and they're you know they're kind of like comedic relief at times. They're just kind of adorable to watch, like watch them move they're your set pieces typical, around and stuff. They're your typical farce. Farsi, uh, yeah, like singing along service. to the opera songs, which was amazing. Adorable. Yeah, um, and and then you find out later when like all the shit goes down and uh, <laughs> and um, the maestra and the diva are kind of like seriously on the cons- outs on the yeah considering like splitting up that the servants are are lovers and that they have basically put up with these two personalities for thirty something years or whatever. Because they love each other and, and because they, they love, want to be together. They, were, they used to be opera singers and they wanted more stable income. No shade. That's that's real. And they <laughs> wanted to, but they still want to have their love music. So stability with as servants, but as servants in these, in the, in the maestro and the diva's household. So they're always surrounded by great music. Yeah. And it worked so well. It was like such a heartfelt moment. It wasn't like... Unlike the reveal, and it like, should have oh, been you that you were just shocker. going, what, what, what? Um, yeah, it was really well earned in, 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 in living on love and these two guys. And also one thing I did like, and no no shade to Modern Family, but, you know, for years, you'll see where I'm going with this. For years, I haven't watched it recently, so I don't know if they finally have kissed but there's always been an oh, issue yes. oh about God. them not kissing on the show. Yes. And then everybody defending it, saying, well, you don't have to. And I'm like, well, if you got to see everybody else kiss 
all the other yeah. parents kiss. You see, like, an uh, interracial, different age couple kiss. You see your straight, uh, crazy couple, actually, when you think about it. I don't think how that mom and dad are still together. But uh, you see them kiss. But it's like, you, you can't see the gay couple kiss. Why? Why? And no, I'm need- so glad we're on the same page because they they held hands and I was like, what, we're not going to say we're, like, As soon as I saw them hold hands, I was like, oh, this is going to be a modern family where they're going to tell oh, us that they're on. gay yeah. and then they're just going to walk off stage. Right. But no, thank yeah. heaven. They go little, little pexies, little pexies. It was yeah. super cute. No, it was super cute. It was adorable. Um, but let's talk about why it really, why the show really is good. Because the dog? Because <laughs> of Trixie. Yeah. Page today, Why guys. Not? We haven't spoken about these yes. shows at all, really, we until saw it now. Separately, yeah. But we just we're just on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's that shot? So dog. so Trixie, Trixie. Um, I'm gonna try to say it with the last episode. Is a Colorado. veteran. She's a veteran stage actor. She was. She, she saw her in a uh, Bullets Over Broadway. Yes, and she astounded us then too with her glory. Yeah. Um, and um, and her character in uh, the show is Puccini, which was great. Mm, yes, uh, and I. Oh my god! I know I shouldn't want a Pomeranian because apparently they're like not nice. Oh really? Uh, I know read. nothing about dogs. That's I want one though. That's what I've heard. <laughs> uh, but I I don't care because ugh, so worth it. So worth it. She's um, adorable. Oh, and just real quick, back to Renee Fleming. Special Tony for Trixie. <laughs> Special Tony. Can we get a lifetime <laughs> achievement award for Trixie? No, yeah, like this John Cameron Mitchell thing. No. 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 Trixie, Trixie all the way. Trixie. <laughs> I just really loved um, how Renee Fleming, she just had such a naturalness to the stage. And I know she does, she's an opera singer, she's been on the stage, like, all her life. But Mm -hmm. um, not only was this, like, a play, but it was also high comedy. That's something difficult to juggle with, you know, Mm -hmm. comedic timing, audience laughter, all that stuff. And she just looked like she'd been doing this forever. Like, she'd been playing ballsy, comedic characters since the day of time. Yeah. She was just hilarious. I liked her a lot, too. She, I was listening to an interview with um, Anna Klumsky. Yeah. And she was saying that they, like, that Renee Fleming is so, like, down-to-earth and cool that they, like, go on set and, and she's just, like, chatting and stuff. And then all of a sudden she, like, starts singing and it's like, holy shit. Like, and that, <laughs> and that Anna Klumsky was like, you know, you, you almost, you forget that she's, like, such a renowned star and you're you're almost like oh wow like she should really do opera <laughs> she, should, she should really do this professionally because <laughs> she's yeah. she's really good uh, so so that was that was that was living on love it was such a delight they made it look they made a they made it look so easy mm-hmm. they really mm-hmm. did it was just a delight from beginning to end yeah I just guys <sighs> do Broadway do more stuff like that. Just yeah. Keep doing that. Doing keep doing that. By that we mean not clever, comedic, heart yeah, like wrenching farces. We mean Pomeranians. More <laughs> Pomeranians. More Pomeranians. I, I yeah. I mean like I don't I don't think it was like a masterpiece or anything. No, like, and no, it's no, no, not no. like anything new. It's just like really like it was well woven. Have fun and just chill out. It was it worked. Chill out, laugh and 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 be happy. Not think too hard. Nothing too hard, mm. but 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 just right, just right. I also really liked how like nostalgic it was. Like this is the an era before you know rock music. Like it, Elvis is like just coming out. They mentioned Elvis, but yeah. it seems like other than that, you know, it's like a world where opera is still very much like played on the radio. They even made a joke about 
the maestro's nemesis is Leonard Bernstein, yeah. and he's coming out with West Side Story, and they're like, oh, a musical? How vulgar, basically. Yeah. And that was pretty funny, too. Yeah. So, it was good. I I think that was a really nice touch. And, yeah, and speaking of Leonard Bernstein, afterwards, uh, I think we were in the car, and we were listening to Broadway, the Broadway channel, and, uh, and there was Renee Fleming singing Glitter and Be Gay from Candide, and that's a Leonard Bernstein musical. That's, oh, that's have you, you, you have seen Chris and Chenoweth's Be Glitter I think gay. I have. That's some epic-ish. I think I have. I think I recorded that because I had just read, did I read, I think I had just read the Candide? book. Candide? In, like, my French class. And In French? Yes. You bad. You bad. So. You bad bitch. Yeah. Try not to say bitch, guys. I had to do it. <laughs> and that right. was living on love, guys. Yeah, yo. Let's uh, let's take a break. <laughs> uh, I mean, stop this episode and start another one with the other shows that we saw last week. <laughs> and uh, until until next one, you can again Twitter plugs, Facebook plugs, website plugs, lettersfromthemess.com, um, where you can. Read about us. I always forget to do the plugs. I'm sorry. It's okay. I can I can I can always plug us. Yeah. That's not dirty. Mm. 